0: a a pretty large passage of Scripture. But uh, I want you to read it with me. Numbers chapter 17, and then the first five verses of chapter 18. It's only about 13 verses, 16 verses uh, in um, Numbers here. And uh, let me pull it up here. Numbers chapter 17. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take of every one of them a rod... According to the house of their fathers, of all their princes, according to the house of their fathers, 12 rods, write thou every man's name on his rod. And thou shalt write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi, for one rod shall be the head of the house of their fathers. He's talking about the 12 tribes, the leaders of each of the 12 tribes brought their rod or their staff that they used to walk and help them move around in the desert. Every one of them, they brought theirs. That was their, you know, and they put that down. And then God's going to do something. He wants to show something here. And we're going to read about it. Um, Verse 4. And they shall lay them in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. I want to keep reading, but I just can't. God has a specific purpose for every single individual that has ever been born on planet earth. You are not an accident. You are here for a reason, a specific reason. It's not an ambiguous reason. It's not a reason that's just floating up in the air. Like God called me to be good. Well, yes, but he also called you to do this job at this time at this place The thing is, God's never going to make you do anything. That's why salvation is an open door. It is not a hook that grabs you and rips you out of the world. But it's an open door that says, if you want to come out of the cold into the glory of the Lord, you have the opportunity. You see, there is liberty where the spirit of the Lord is. And what did he say? He said, all you leaders, you want to be called by God. You want to do something for the Lord. Who wants to do something for the Lord in their life? Come on, somebody who wants to do something for God. Because let me tell you, you'll never be happy in this planet until you find your place. You can't. I can't do Brother Wyatt's job. He can't do what I can do. I can't do what Brother Darrell can do. And Brother Darrell can't do what I can do. Because we have each been created. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And there's a specificness to this. It's not ambiguous. It's not thrown out there, but there is a direct call of God. To some, it's to preach the gospel. To some, it's a ministry of helps. There's some folk, I I know a guy that he just goes around and he fixes things that goes wrong in people's houses. And it's his ministry. And as he's fixing things in their house, he, he can't help it. He talks about God. He's winning souls of the Lord because he goes and he helps them when they got a problem. That's a ministry. He that wins souls is wise. There's all kinds of ministry. Sunday school ministry. Youth ministry. <laughs> operations. Church board. All of that is ministry. And we have all been called... But we've got to recognize that call and understand you can't call yourself into something. And God makes makes this. I'm going to read it. You're going to see God makes this very clear. He says, all y'all bring your authority to me and you put it in the place where I dwell. Because if you want God to use you, you've got to take what you lean on for your ability and your support and your structure and your mentality, your thinking, your intelligence, the staff that they use to help them get around our ability. We've got to lay it down to the place where God is and let God have it. And we've got to get our hands off of it and just say, OK, God. You call me. You decide what needs to be done in my life. And all of these guys who were wanting to be big shots, they said, I'm the big shot. I'm, I'm of Judah. I'm of Levi. I'm of this. I'm of that. All right. Bring your rod. Everybody bring your rod. They got the 12 rods represents all of Israel. And where am I at? Verse uh, five. And it came to pass that the man's rod, whom I shall choose, not Moses, Not the people, not a vote. It's not a democracy in God. It's a theocracy. That means He's the only voice that matters. Listen to me now. It doesn't matter what your culture says. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter how fat or how thin you are. It don't matter how much money you got in your pocketbook or how much money you don't got in your pocketbook. It don't matter where you're from. It don't matter what the government says. It don't matter what the culture says. His voice is the standard that we are built and based upon. He is the one who created you. He is the one who knows what you were built for. He made you. Look around. Ain't, ain't, ain't not two of us the same. We are all different. We all think differently, act differently, look differently. Look differently. Thank God we've got some... I'd be not very fond if everybody's the same. And since I know Daryl, I'm going to bring him up again. He's going to be like, man, I've never had my name mentioned this many times in a sermon. He's an identical twin. But I guarantee you there are differences between him and his brother. Because we are all created differently for a purpose. Don't let that die on you. You got to know that. You're not here by accident. There's a reason. And, uh, verse five. Whom I shall choose shall blossom and it, I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel whereby they murmur against you. He's talking to Moses. Everybody said, Moses, uh, you, you shouldn't be the leader. And he's like, God's like, you're going to come against my chosen man? I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. And he's going to take a dead rod, a stick that somebody's been using to move around with. And he says, I'm going to make it grow branches and leaves and it's going to have flowers and it's also going to produce a seed, an almond. Anybody like almonds? I love almonds. You know, almonds and peaches are related now, some of y'all from the islands may know this. You've actually had the fruit of the almond and not just the nut. Anybody have ever had the fruit of the almond? Amen. There's some folks that have had it. They, it's delicious, right? See, the, it's going to produce the whole shlemiel. The whole thing. All right. Uh, where am I at? Verse 7? 6. Thank you. I'm lost. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, and every one of their princes gave him a rod, and each prince according to the father's house, even twelve rods, and the rods of Aaron were among the rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness, and it came to pass that on the morrow Moses went into the tabernacle of witness and beheld the rod of Aaron. For the house of Levi was budded and brought forth buds and bloomed blossoms, plural, and yielded almonds. If you plant an almond tree, it may not flower the first or even the second year. Take two years of going through the seasons before it might flower. Before it produces a fruit is usually five to seven years before you'll ever see fruit produced on that tree. God did it in one night because He said this is the tabernacle of the witness. This is for you all to witness Me calling a man to my service. When God calls you, there will be no doubt. If there's a doubt, it may not be the call of God. Or it may be your lack of faith. But when you get yourself right and you are submitted to God and you're ready to hear the voice of God, there will be no doubt. There is no person, no organization, there is no man, no woman, no child, no superhero, no anybody that can ever tell me I was not called by God to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I know I heard the voice of God in my life. I know that there is no doubt. Let me tell you, I'm going to branch from that for a second. My dad was a church planter and I grew up in in church plants uh several different church plants. And one of them happened to be in New Jersey, believe it or not. Um but uh in Linden. But um I was I was at a church and and I I'd spent the summer going to camp. And how many young people love to go to like uh youth congress or camp or or some kind of service where it's just like awesome. And you just feel God and it's like winter fire or something and it's just like and you, you, you know, you, you, but when you walked into the door, it was like this. But when you walked out, it was like, who wants some of me? I got the Holy Ghost. Step back, Jack. I ain't scared. You know what I'm talking about? And you are high. And I went through a couple of years of going where I lived in Indiana. We had a camp and I would go to the camp and I'd be fired up. And then about two months later, I'd be back to same old, keep my head down. We didn't have phones, or I'd be on my phone during church or something like that. Uh, right now you know how old I am. We didn't have phones back when I was young. But then one day, I got a hold of God and I fell in love with Him. And I realized, I finally figured out that those events, which are awesome, and I recommend going to every event that you can go to, they're great. But I realized they do not bring God's presence into a situation. God's presence is already there. It's just logic. He's everywhere at the same time, is he not? And when I started to figure this out in my brain, I was 15 years old. How many are 15? Anybody 15 in the house? I was 15 years old and this hit me and I was like, God's everywhere. So those big events are just... People opening themselves up to receive what God is already doing. So I made up my mind. I'm going to do that. The same thing that I did at those events when I felt God and I worshiped. I'm going to do that every chance I get. Fifteen years old and I, I, I used to sit near the back. I came and I sat right where Brother Barry is. And that was my seat for the next four or five years. I sat right there and I didn't even pay attention to anybody else behind me. And there, there, I, was, I was the youth group. There was no other young person in my church. It was a church plant and there was not another young person in my church. But when, when the worship got up and they sang their worship songs from a hymnal, they were hymns. And some of those hymns are beautiful testimonies. But they're not always worship. A lot of times they're just testimonies. But they're not worship. And that's one reason why we don't always sing hymns. Hymns are beautiful, but there's a place and a time and sometimes they're not worship. And we get up there and it's, it, I just decided I'm going to worship God. And I, I started just, they'd be singing the songs and I just kind of changed the words in my own brain and make them worship. I wouldn't sing about God either. I sang to God. I didn't say he. I would say you. He is great. God is great. God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great in my soul. He saved my soul from sin. You know, I was like, you saved my soul from sin. You gave me peace and joy within. I've been buried in His name and of Him I'm not ashamed. I love you, Jesus, best of all. I changed the words and I decided I'm going to worship and I'm not going to let a structure change how I am. And there was times I got going and let me tell you not to brag on me, but I want you young people to understand something. When a young person decides they're going to love God. And it's not based on anybody else. That's a change. That's a monumental moment. You are literally like the word, like the song that was saying, the ground is shaking with revival when a person, even if you're not a young person, but when any person decides, I'm gonna worship my God, not because of what the atmosphere is, but because of who he is. And I began to worship. And I was an athlete. And you may not believe it, but when I was in high school, I could actually dunk a basketball. I wasn't any taller than I am now. I haven't shrunk, but i could I was five nine and I could dunk a basketball. I was pretty good. I was on the team till God told me not to be on the team anymore It's a big step i'm not. I'm not that great of an athlete let I me mean, don't 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 I don't want to aggrandize myself too great I wasn't that good but I was good enough I probably could have walked on division one college and I could have made the bench I was that good I wasn't good enough to start but I, I could have I could have probably gotten gotten on the team and made the team I was good enough to do that I had a decent shot and I had I could jump and I could move I was quick And I knew the game because I was from Indiana. You don't come from Indiana if you don't know how to play. You got to know the game. Bobby Knight made sure of that. But anyway, God said, that's not where I'm directing you. And then I said, okay, God, I gave it all up to you. I would run the aisles when when everybody else was sitting down in our church of about 30. But you know what happened? As I began to worship, it started getting addicting. I didn't care. Because I felt God when I worshipped. And the other people there started worship. I remember my, my, my worshipping partner to this day. He's gone on to be with the Lord. He was in his late 60s, maybe in his 70s even. But as I began to worship and I'd take off, wouldn't be too long, a couple months down the road, then he'd take off and he'd be behind me. And he began to worship God because he remembered what it was like when he used to worship, but he'd forgotten. And some of y'all need to remember how you used to worship and be a worshiper like God created you to be. Now, there are changes, no doubt there are changes that come in your life. I don't run as much because my knees might break. But God has a plan for you. And as you begin to worship, it will begin to be contagious and others will understand, I want what they got. And it all starts when you decide it's not based on atmosphere, it's based on Him. So you have got to be a worshiper. And I I began to worship God. and, And the reason I'm telling you this is because this is how I learned how to recognize God's voice. I loved God. I felt God. But I didn't know God speaking. In John chapter 10, verse 27, he says, My sheep, they know my voice. He doesn't say that lambs know his voice. I was a lamb, 15 years old. Yeah, I grew up in church, but I didn't know anything. I didn't know what I just knew. I felt God. I felt his presence. I knew he was real. I'd been baptized in his name at five years old. I received the Holy Ghost when I was seven years old. I loved God with all of my heart, with all of my might. But I didn't know God's voice. I still didn't. All through this, that I'm t- I just knew I loved him, so I began to worship him. And as I was worshiping him, I began to realize God began to open a door to me. My desire, more than anything else, it's still my desire more than anything else. I wanted to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I had an amazing example in my father, who was my pastor and who was a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My grandfather was an amazing man of God, helped to form the United Pentecostal Church. I had amazing examples. My, my two uncles, my three uncles, excuse me, three uncles I have in my family are all preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I had a cousin who was a preacher And here I am, 15 years old, knowing nothing except that I love Jesus. And I said, God, I don't know anything, but I want to be a preacher. I want to be a preacher. I realized later that God built that in me. You see, He created me for a purpose. And at the age of 15 and a half, I came to the understanding and I knew already I had to bring my rod into the house of God and then get my hands off of it. Because I could not call myself. I could not make my own purpose. There are far too many pastors. Far too many people. Far too many young people that are making their own decisions without the involvement of God in their life. Let me tell you, that is a lie. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I put that behind me, Satan. That is great. straight from the pits of hell. That's exactly what Satan, Lucifer, did when he was the angel in heaven. When he said, I will make my own plan for my life. That is downright wrong. You were created for a purpose. And yes, you have the ability to do your own thing but you don't have the right. God made you. He formed you. He's allowed things to happen. He's allowed adversity to come into your life to strengthen you, to make you the person that you are so that you can be ready to fulfill what you were created for. So I put my rod and I began to pray every single day of my life. And I didn't... I didn't pray every day at that time. I didn't know what I was doing. I grew up in church. I still didn't really know how to do it. So you know what I did? I went to my... I didn't have a phone again. I had an alarm clock. So I would go to my alarm clock and I would set it. And I made a commitment that I could do. Because when you start, you need to have some easy wins. 'cause you'll get discouraged cuz the devil's going to come after you and he's going to he's going to really make it difficult. But you need to make yourself some easy wins. So I said 5 minutes. I'm setting my alarm clock for 5 15 years old 5 minutes every day is going to be in prayer. And let me tell you those first 2 weeks. There was a lot of hallelujah. Praise God. Where's the clock? Four more minutes. Thank you, Jesus. I tried to talk slow. Hallelujah. You know, I'm, I'm being real. You know what that was though? When that alarm went off? Whew, I felt good. Cause I, I did, I got an easy win. And you know what I learned? I learned that as I began to say the hallelujah, I began to, I I even started singing sometimes. I would grab the Psalms and I would just sing the Psalms and make up my own tunes. And back then I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, 55 gallons big. I had no tone. I was completely tone deaf. God helped me learn how to sing. I can sing on tune. I'm not a great singer, but I can sing on tune now. I can play the guitar. I can play the drums. I learned how to do all those things because God helped me. I did not. I was not lucky or blessed like many of you have that gifting where you're just born and you can do it. I was not. I mean, the, the, the whole thing about white men and rhythm, I was the stereotype by every step of the imagination. But I learned how to play the drums. I learned rhythm. I play a rhythm instrument, the guitar. I play the trombone. I play very little piano. but And I learned how to sing on key. Hallelujah. But God did all that. What I'm saying, and I I don't want to get too sidetracked, is it happened because I had a desire and I got focused. It's, It's not common for a young person. I know that now I was blessed beyond measure that that God called me so young because the Bible speaks about a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. A young person, young people are like, I don't know what you would say, but it's like 20 minded. It's not double minded. They're like 20 minded because there's 50 million things going on all at the same time. And you can't be successful that way. It's impossible. It's impossible. But I was able to bring everything into focus. And I began to make that, it that, that was a small commitment, but it was huge. I made the commitment five minutes every single day I'm gonna pray. And you know how I, everyone, everyone, every day for, for six months. I did not miss this prayer. When it came church time to go to the altar, I went to the altar and I prayed this prayer. When I woke up, I prayed this prayer. When I prayed my, my, my normal prayer time, I prayed this prayer. There were times when I was praying for my food to eat, I prayed this prayer. God, do You want me to be a preacher? Because I wanted to be a preacher. With everything that was within me, I wanted to be a preacher. But I knew enough from my, from my teaching and being in church and parents, grandparents. God bless you for bringing your kids to the house of God because that is where they learn their stability. That is where they learn their foundation that's going to help them and keep them. Amen. I'm loud anyway. <laughs> that's what's going to make them be what they need to be and grow them and develop them to where they need to be. You see, God intended... For kids, parents, to bring their kids to the house of God. To be where God is. So that He can call them. God called Samuel in the house of God. God called Josiah in the house of God. If you want your kids to be successful and to be what God wants them to be, make sure they're in the house of God. And by being in the house of God, every time the doors were open. And I was usually the first one there and the last one to leave because my dad was the pastor. (laughs) And I made up my mind. I said, you know what? I know. I know. I can't make this dream a reality. Only God. As those young people were singing this song... Only you can make a way. Oh, I just began to think of all of the things that had to happen just so. They had to be perfectly lined up. They all had to be happening just at this particular time in this particular way. Only God is why I'm standing here before you today. By His grace, I'm standing here before you today. Only God. And I would pray every, 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 every time I prayed, I prayed. And there was a lot of those times I didn't feel squat. I didn't feel God. I didn't feel glorious. I didn't feel happy. I felt exhausted. There was a couple of times I fell asleep while I was praying. But I, the alarm would go off and I'd be like, oh, i got to pray, got to pray. There was one Bible study and there was no altar call. My dad was, I turned 16 at this point. There was no Bible study. It was a regular Thursday Bible study. I think it was on Wednesday actually. And uh, I can't even tell you what my dad was, preach, was teaching about. My, grad, my dad's a great teacher. He's founded a Bible College in Jerusalem. Phenomenal teacher. He's received his doctorate. He knows how to teach and it's good stuff. But I couldn't tell you what he was teaching about. I don't remember. But I remember that night. After service was over and everybody's shaking hands and talking. You know how we are. We're a family. We can't say goodbye. When we get in the house of God, it's hard to leave. And you're just hanging out, talking with each other. Oh, how are you doing? How's everybody? Great to see you and everything. I couldn't leave the front. And I did what I did. Uh, everything I could do, I was doing. I was cleaning the church. I was. I, I would go early with my dad. And if he needed any help with anything, something needed to be moved, I would. I would... Turn off the sound system. I would make sure I was doing everything that I could, that I knew to do, I was doing, but I was still praying, God, you know my desire. But as I was doing that, I, I just finished, finished up everything and I was getting ready to turn the lights up at the front and I just I felt like, I, you know, I want to pray. I want to worship God. And I just began to pace, which was my way. That was the way I learned how to pray, taught myself. I, I pray walking back and forth. That's the way I pray. And I was just praying telling God how good he is and how wonderful he is on the front. And it was the first time I didn't even think about it. But in this prayer, I never prayed, God, do you want me to be a preacher? First time in six months I ever prayed and I did not pray that prayer. I was just worshiping God. God, you're so good. And he began to move on me. And I felt him. I felt God a lot. That's why I love to worship God because when you worship God, you feel him. And I began to worship him and I just felt him more and I didn't want to leave. And I was like, oh, God, you're awesome. You're so good. Oh, I I was just talking to him just like that. And I was just, you're amazing. You're so good to me. And I remember I got about right here, right where the the carpet seam is, on that side of the church. Actually, it was on this side of the church because I was walking this way. It was about right here. And as I was standing there, I was getting ready to turn and go back and start to pray again. And God of the universe spoke to me where I heard Him for the first time. It wasn't audible. Only I could hear Him, but it was exactly the way I had been praying. God, do you want me to be a preacher? And He said, I want you to be a preacher. And only thing I can tell you is, I know that 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 I know it was God Amen. who spoke to me. And I immediately fell on my face, weeping before the Lord and telling God how he'd made a mistake.
1: <laughs>
0: that there was no way I could ever be a preacher. <laughs> that it, it was impossible, it was, it was ridiculous, there's no shot I could be a preacher, God. And then he spoke to me through his word. But it was still God's voice speaking to me. And He said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And at that faith, this little 16-year-old kid who was now a preacher of the gospel, crawled up on his hands and knees, got up on my feet, lifted my hands in the air. And there was no music. I do not even know what anybody else was doing. I didn't have a clue. I didn't even know how long I was praying up there. It could have been a very short time. It could have been a very long time. But I was... I was talking to God and God was talking to me. A lot of people, a lot of us have no problem talking to God, but we've got to come to a place where we can hear God speak to us. It's vital in our lives to hear God speak to us. And God spoke to me and I began to dance before the Lord. I began to dance and jump and shout and run across the front of that church. And I went up to my dad and I went up to my dad and I was smiling from ear to ear. And I said, Dad, I think God just called me to preach. And he hugged me and he said, God kind of told me that a long time ago. But I was like, well, why didn't you tell me? And he said, if I told you, it wouldn't do anything. He said, I made sure to step back. That's between you and God. You have to hear from God. Sixteen years old, I heard the voice of God in my life, and I've never forgotten it. Let me tell you, for quickly, for time's sake, I did not want to go to Bible college. I went to Indiana Bible College, four years, graduated, got my degree. I did not want to go to Bible college. I was, I was very good in my uh, academics, and um, I, I had I'd quit since God had directed me a different way. But I still had some academics that I could look to where I had some scholarships and I had some grants because my dad was a pastor. He didn't make any money. So uh, I, I had some grants and I had ways I had. Um, there were three specific colleges that were lined up. One of them I was going to go and I was going to live with my aunt and uh, go to this this local school in Indiana. But the one I really wanted and the one that I got was NYU. I was living in northwest Indiana outside of Chicago, but I wanted to go to New York City and Manhattan and go to college. I was going to be a preacher. I wanted to stay being a preacher, but I was going to go to NYU. In my mind, I would make fun of the kids that went to Bible college. I'm going to go to a real college. You guys are going to pretend school. And to appease my mother and to submit myself to, to my mom, she said, Well, it ain't going to hurt. You're, you're doing all this paperwork for scholarships and for this and for that. Why don't you just do the scholarships? Because there's a lot of scholarships available for Bible college. I said, why don't you try it out? And I said, all right, mom, I'll do it. Cause I already had a lot of the essays already written. So I didn't have to really change them. I could just take the same essays and move them over for the for the, for the scholarships. So I, I just did that. And I remember, Oh my goodness. I haven't thought about this in a while. I remember I was at school and I I, 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 I came home. I, God really kind of spoke to me over the weekend, but I went to school that Monday and then I came home and I was like, all right, God, God spoke to me to go to Bible college, not just Bible college, but God spoke to me to go to Indiana Bible college. And I was like, all right, God, if that's what you want. I'll do it. And I made my mind, I made my commitment, I'm going to go to Indiana Bible College. I came home from school and I had all kinds of mail. All of it came back the exact same day. I sent it out at different times, sometimes months apart. But all of it came back on one day. I got everything I needed full ride to go to the one in Indiana. I got 75% plus spending money of to go to NYU. And that was what I wanted. And all of you know, NYU ain't cheap. And I, I, 75% of it was paid for through grants and scholarships. Plus spending money. And living expenses. I, I was like, I got all of that. And of the like four Bible college, I did not get a single dime to help me to go to Bible college. I went back to prayer. Okay, God, looks like you messed up when you said this Bible college thing. <laughs> we, need to, we need to talk about this, you and I. Because you know where I stand. I wanted to be a preacher. You were cool with that. I want to go to NYU. How come you ain't cool with that? And God spoke to me again. Only this time it was, you heard me the first time. That's what God told me. God speaks to me very blunt because I'm kind of a very blunt guy, I guess. And he's like, you heard me the first time. You know what I told you. And I'm slobbering and crying on the ground and everything. Because when God speaks to you, it just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, just, it, it's a big deal. And I was like, all right. So I had to work my tail off all four years of Bible college. Had a full-time job almost the entire time. There was a short time when I didn't. I was able to not work when my car was totaled and I was able to live off of the money that my car was paid for. (laughs) I didn't have a car, but I had my school paid for. And then in the summertime, I had to work two jobs to pay for what I was behind on and the school worked with me, but I was able to get through and I graduated. Then God called me to New York where I met where my wife was and all these things. God spoke to me. There's nothing I do God called me to go on the foreign mission field. He spoke to me. I've lived in Ireland. I've been all over the world. I've seen things. I've prayed for blind eyes and they've opened. I've prayed for deaf ears and they began to see they began to hear, this is real stuff. My God is a real God. That dead uh, dead, completely dry nothing plan that I had for my life would still be dead, would still be a dry rod with nothing but my own ability until I came into the presence of God and I put it in his altar and got my hands off of it. And he's taken my life and it's not because I'm anything, but I I play the guitar. I pastor a church. I love the church that I pastor. I've been used, I've ministered to thousands of people. And I got so much at Bible college because God spoke to me and delivered me and told me I needed to go to Bible college. Not everybody has that direction. There are kids that I went to Bible college with four years, smarter than me, more talented than me, way better of their own ability than me that are not serving God right now. But I'm way more successful in life because God has taken my dead rod of anointing and He has made it bloom and blossom. And people's lives have been changed because I followed God's voice. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I don't know exactly what your plan or your, your idea was for this, Brother Wyatt and I... I I don't even know how to treat this the way that it is. I just feel the Holy Ghost. Proverbs 16 and 18 tells us that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You've got to get rid of your pride, saints. You've got to lay yourself on the altar of God and say, God, I'm dead. All of the goodness of me is nothing more than a dead rod. Mm-hmm. But when you step in and you decide you're going to use me, it's different.
1: Come on.
0: It was Aaron's rod that budded was taken apart and it was set apart and it was in a constant state of bud. It never went away. And they kept it as a memorial to let everybody know that Aaron and the tribe of Levi have been called to do the work of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And if you ever wanted to question, is he supposed to be doing that? All you had to do was go back to that rod that was dead, but it ain't dead anymore. It could be hundreds of years later and they went back to that same the same rod that was inside the ark of the covenant and it still had a bud on it and it still had blooms and blossoms and almonds on it still because when God calls you he does not take it back he created you for a plan and a purpose there's a reason for it all Proverbs 18:16 It's nice that it's the reverse of 16.18. But Proverbs 18.16 says that a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. There's nothing that you can do that will impact your community then let God's gift be manifested in your life. That's all it is. And how does that happen? It happens through a commitment that you make. I'm going to be a prayer That's good. Come on. warrior. I'm going to be a worshiper of the name of Jesus Christ. And as you make those two commitments, it automatically follows because He never stopped speaking to you. Mm-mm. But you got, well, by praying and worshiping and studying the Word of God, you will now get your ears tuned in to His frequency. And you, it's like the radio when you're trying to get the right radio station mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're out, of, you're out, of, you're not getting it. Right. But when you get into his frequency, it's loud and clear and it's high definition. Come on. And you know, it's God channel and he's speaking to you. And now you're ready to do something for God, because until you can hear God speak to you, you'll never have the confidence to stand against the enemy. Right. I'll tell you one more thing, and then I, then I want to open it up for some questions. And I, I think do we have that promo I'd like to show. I was in Bible college. I was uh, probably 19 or 20 at this point, And I was my third year. I was almost done. And I had decided that God, he really messed up. He called the wrong dude. I was so not in the same league as the other kids at Bible college. The other kids at Bible college, man, they could preach circles around me. They could sing circles around me. They could, they could. What in the world was I doing there? I was like, this is, you know what, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish this year, and then I'm gonna go to a real school, and uh, I'll get a job, and I'll be, will be, I'll be the best support I can for some pastor somewhere and give the missions and give the shes for Christ and give the gift to North American Missions and I'll be I'll make a lot of money for you Jesus. And I'm sitting in a preaching class where the teacher had told us at the beginning of the semester he said there's no way to learn how to preach in a book. The only way to learn how to preach is to preach. So we're going to preach. We're going to study and we're going to preach. And every one of you is going to preach. And then we're all going to help critique, critical think, and develop what was good and what was bad. But just remember, when you get real, real harsh on somebody, you're going up next. And they're going to be judging you too. So we were kind to each other it was a small class. And a friend of mine who unfortunately has lost out on the truth now. But he was a great preacher. Amazing man of God. And he began to preach Psalm 138. The whole psalm. And he got to Psalm 138 and verse 8. Talked about the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. A mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. And God spoke to me again. When I was doubting that I was able to do what God called me to do, He gave me what I consider my life verse. Psalm 138, verse 8. I don't have to worry about what I cannot do, because He will perfect me. He'll complete me. He'll fill in the blanks that I have. He'll, he'll sand down the rough edges and make me smooth where I need to be. And He's going to do what needs to be done because His mercy endureth forever. And as a result, I mean, it, that was an awesome time. That wasn't just me that got touched, but everybody. I mean, we skipped all the next classes. There were people skipping their other classes, coming to our class because there was this massive prayer meeting. That's the only kind. You see, you don't get that in a secular college. But in a Bible college, the class, when God moves, classes take a secondary situation. Teachers were canceling their classes to come to our classroom and worship. We worshiped and prayed all through lunch. I don't even know how long we were there, but I know I heard from God. And I've never doubted again. I've been through very difficult times. I've been through difficult situations, horrible, challenging situations when they told me there was a problem with my son when he was in the womb, that he may not be born properly or he may not even live. And God healed him and brought him out and he's perfectly healthy. I've been through all kinds of situations like that. But I got so much strength in Bible college. I learned how to pray. I went to Bible college. I'd never taught a Bible study before. Learned how to teach Bible studies that I've taught thousands of Bible studies now. I've baptized. My first person I ever baptized was in Bible college. Amen. Bible college is right Amen. for some people. Amen. But I'm don't. i I'm not one of those people that says Bible college is right for everybody. Cause it's not, but for some people it is absolutely right. And what I would like you to do, I would like you, whether it's Bible college or whether it's not, whether it's just a ministry, you've got to hear from God church. You hear from God every time your preacher preaches and that's awesome. But the preacher's goal, the pastor's goal, God's goal is that each individual would learn how to recognize the voice of the Lord in their lives themselves and be able to discern, that's the devil, that's me, but that was God. Yes. That's good. Amen? Amen? This is the Bible college that I went to. I'm going to ask her to play this promo. Um, who has ever thought about maybe going to Bible college before? Angelina, we got some young people. This is Indiana Bible College. There are several Bible colleges. There is Texas Bible College. There is um, Stockton Bible College out in California, CLC. There is uh, Urshan College. The cool thing about Urshan College is it is also a regular college. You can feel, I don't, like, I'm not called to be a preacher. I'm not called to be a singer or music ministry or anything. But I love Jesus and I want to go to college and I don't want to be having to deal with worldly junk. I want to be able to experience like chapel and because chapel is cool. That's where you have part of your class is to get preached to the word of God. Urshan is a regular liberal arts college that you can attend and get a liberal arts degree. But it's a Bible college. That's awesome. But if God is calling you, God will guide you. He will direct you. You have a gift. Every one of you has a gift. And your gift will make room for you. You know what that means? It's going to become apparent. And when God does it, when Aaron's rod budded, there was no doubt God was in that. Amen? Go ahead and show that.
1: today, good, great, for. believe we <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that God will your mind do if you you do do <laughs> the midst of all the fun that's going to be added yeah, each we pray that supernatural on every young person, every young man, every young man.
0: everybody could just stand right now. I want the young people, anybody that wants to be used by God can stand. I want the young people to come up first and line up here, right right here touching almost this, this platform, this uh, pulpit. Come over here in the front, right here. Close, close, close. Come here, Angelina. Close, close, close. That's good. And after the young people make their way in here, I want every person that wants to go to a deeper place in God, that wants a, they want to hear from God too. I want you to fill in behind them. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith, and the Holy Ghost is going to step in this place, and God's going to move. And I believe God's going to speak to individuals in this house today. Many of you are, are like I was, that you've, you love God, you love to worship God, but you maybe have never heard His voice speak to your life. God's going to speak to you and you're going to hear the voice of God in your life. How many is with me? How many believe God, God's going to do something today? Every head bowed and every eye closed. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, on the authority of your word, we know that this service has not just been a commercial for Bible College, God. But God, this has been about following and hearing your voice. Lord God, I believe that there are evangelists in this room, that there are missionaries in this room, that there are preachers in this room, there are Sunday school teachers in this room, there are pastors in this room that were created in their mother's womb with that purpose. And God, You've just been waiting for them to get into the right frequency where they can hear Your voice in the name of Jesus I release your spirit into the minds of your people I bind every attack of the enemy I bind every doubt every fear every influence that is not of you every umbrella that would stop the rain of your spirit to speak to your people right now I bind it and I leave it powerless and God I release the word of the Lord in Jesus name I want you to lift your hands right now and let God speak to you. Just worship Him and let Him speak to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Word of God, speak right now. Speak to us, Jesus. You know the heart. You know our desire, God. But God, we're ready to hear, we're ready to hear a clear direction, a distinct call of God in the name of Jesus. Let it be, God. Let faith rise in this place today.
1: In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, adore, to love, to serve, to praise, to of to love, to serve, to praise, to adore, a demonstration of your spirit
0: that prayer
1: on the Jesus name. Jesus, 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 Jesus. 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 Praise, God. Praise, praise God. God, praise God, praise God, praise God. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Fear us in <laughs> Oh, God. Let us hear. Let us hear. <laughs> <laughs> I <pray laughs> my God, that we hear the <laughs> voice of God. I go sure. It Jesus. is you, Lord God. It is you, Lord God. God. not my will, God. I, pray I put myself on we'll the altar. And the Lord, Lord, Jesus. Lord, Jesus, will be loud whatever you want to do. Heartful, God. Whatever God. you want to do. will be loud and clear. I'm yours, Lord, oh God it up. Not my ability, but yours, Jesus. Not my plan, but yours, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Open up my ears, God. I want to hear your voice, God. Jesus, speak to Jesus speak to Jesus. and let you God to